Hey Bridge family, welcome to the day after Christmas online. We are thrilled that you joined us. It's going to be an awesome day, but a different day today. That's right. You know, normally this place is buzzing with all of you and your families. You're rushing in, you're getting kids checked in, you're trying to grab that cup of coffee before worship starts. But today is a very different day. Yeah, that's right, because normally you are here at church, but we decided on the day after Christmas that it was best to bring church to you. Christmas is a very busy season, and we know that this is a day where many of you, you want to get some rest and enjoy the day with your family. You might have even woke up today and you didn't even know it was Sunday. So guess <laughs> what? We're bringing church to you. And if you're one of the faithful volunteers that serve here at the bridge, we are so thrilled to be able to yeah. let you have an extra time of rest yeah. this weekend with your family. We're grateful for all that you do, and we're looking forward to bringing church to you today. Yep, so our service is about to begin, so why don't you grab a cup of coffee, grab your family, gather around together, sit back, relax, and enjoy our service. Was the day after Christmas and all through the home were some very noisy children where with new toys they'd roam and parents lacking slumber putting caffeine in their veins to aid in cleaning up all of Christmas Day's remains. Just yesterday had celebrated the day that Christ was born, but somehow had forgotten that today is Sunday morn. Church was now their custom, but difficult this day to get the family out the door. Ha! Huh, no how, no way. So gather as a family for one day they did do and join with all the others for church in living rooms. For this day at the Bridge Church, our homes will be his house, keeping joy with all the children and peace with every spouse. So ready hearts in stillness and in worship let us bow for the day after Christmas at the Bridge Church starts right now. I searched the world But it couldn't fill me Moments and praise treasures that fade are never enough and you came along and put me back together oh and every desire is now satisfied
Thank you so much for joining us today on the day after Christmas. You know, in this season, we talk about the hope that Jesus brings into our lives. And regardless of what's going on and what your situation is in life, there is hope for you. We can expect God to be God in our lives. But on this day after Christmas, could you stop for just a moment and think about what life would be had Jesus not come? Had there been no day after the coming of Jesus, life would be so different. We would be living without hope of God's involvement in our lives. We'd be carrying burdens and loads that would be unbearable. But because Jesus came, there's hope for every one of us, not just in this life, but eternal hope. And today, we want to do something a little bit different in this Christmas season. Some of you are still meeting with family and friends and still celebrating Christmas. But on this day after Christmas, we wanted to take the time to introduce to you not just our pastors, but our pastor spouses. You hear from the pastors a lot, but you don't hear from the spouses much. And just give you a chance to learn that we're all everyday, normal people like you. We deal with problems and challenges just like you. But we trust God in these situations, and God is big in our lives. And today... We, first of all, want to talk for just a couple of minutes with Pastor Zach and Ashley. And, of course, you know Zach well. Zach is our son, raised in a minister's home, but you, you probably don't know much at all about Ashley. And, Ashley, we just want to just take a couple of minutes and let everybody get to know you, who you are, where you came from. I mean, we're still trying to figure that out ourselves sometimes. <laughs> Ten years later. <laughs> but you know, you're a Southern California girl, so tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I've lived in Southern California my entire life, um, California girl through and through. Um, I grew up in the San Fernando Valley with my family, my mom and dad, my two brothers, and I lived in a pastor's home my entire life. I'm still living in a pastor's home. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in a pastor's home. So yeah. you've known ministry your whole life. I have, yes. Yes, I am. So you've both grown up in pastor's homes, and you're still in ministry. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Plugging away. And your parents still pastor. Yes, my yes. parents still pastor in Pasadena. Yeah, yeah. so awesome. Yes. Well, hey, we know that... This past year, you guys have been faced with some challenges and really some decisions that have been unexpected decisions yes. and, and things that have been really weighty on you guys for your family, for the kids. And so there were things that you really needed God's direction and clarity as you make these decisions. So would you just share a little bit about those decisions that you've made? Because you're not the only ones facing these things. Yeah, so this was kind of a strange year because we faced a new challenge that we never saw coming just with our kids. Um, kids are great and they're doing well. But, you know, as school began to start in the fall, we, you know, we were just kind of looking at everything that was going on in schools and kind of the environments that a lot of our kids were walking back into. And, mm -hmm. you know, we, we know that everybody gets to make their own decisions for their families and for their kids. Um, but we just really felt like 
it was different this year. We felt like yeah. perhaps we were sending our kids kind of into a different environment than what home is or even what life is like in a lot of other places. And, um, you know, we just kind of factored in everything that was going on, maybe even some concerns with things that are coming down the pike with curriculum and other things and just wondering, you know, hey, do these things line up with what we believe from Scripture and the things that we want to instruct our kids in, yeah. you know, in the years to come? And so we made the decision uh, very quickly, actually, suddenly before <laughs> school started that we were going to take our kids out and homeschool our kids. Yeah. And <laughs> we never, we never imagined being we a homeschooler. Never. Homeschool. <laughs> never. <laughs> I we never. Never, <laughs> never has been said many times. We never thought we would be a homeschool family. We yeah. never thought that we would homeschool our kids. But we really felt in the moment like it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, and I, if I can say this really quickly, it was on a yeah. Thursday when we were praying for uh, just for a Sunday, yeah. it was about the only thing I could think of when we were just walking through the building. And I remember just being so emotional and just feeling like there was this burden of yeah. like, why can't, why is this not escaping and leaving my heart? Mm -hmm. And I called Ashley right after prayer that day. And I said, I don't feel good about this for some reason. Yeah. And we just made the decision right then and there, having absolutely no idea what we yeah. were doing. Yeah. And during that time, while you, you were praying, I was at home, like praying the same things. And there was just such this unsettling feeling that we both were feeling at at the same time and so to be on the same page with that was yeah and it was really hard because <laughs> it was it was a decision for us and for our family yeah and uh, you know we talked to so many families in the church um that they make different decisions than we do and that's cool we yeah. respect that because right. we trust that everybody is following the guidance that the holy spirit is giving them Absolutely. and not everybody's situation is the same yep. and um but that was just kind of where we were at and we made the decision to do it and having absolutely no idea what we were getting into. Yeah. Okay, so let, let me ask this. You, you had this decision to make. So you probably had a lot of concerns about how are we going to do this? How are we yeah. going to manage that? Did God make things come together? Yeah, absolutely. It was funny because, you know, when he came home from work that day after we had talked, we were just like, okay, what are we going to do here? And we felt like... What are like, we saying? Are yeah, we what saying? are we saying? Are we saying that we're <laughs> homeschooling we our children? I was like... I, that's what we're saying. It's not what I want to say, but yeah, it's what we're saying. And, um, you know, once we came to that conclusion, man, like just the peace of God was just overcame us in such an incredible way. And I think it's just a testimony to what, when you bring those things to God, when you bring those cares and those worries that you have, and you bring that to God and, and release that to him, you know, his promises are so good. And and he's so faithful to bring peace. And while we still didn't know exactly how we were going to walk this journey out, um, we had peace that he was going to show us the steps and open the right doors. And he totally did. Yeah, we started reaching out. And all of the contacts that we had to help us just navigate this decision in our path were all people in the church. Yeah. Um, and that was the, the best part. And what we didn't realize is that everybody that we needed to come into contact with was right in front of us the whole yeah. time. So it was friends that we already had, but we've become so much closer with those families who were already on the homeschool path. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but just our oversight program was connected to the church and um, amazing teacher, you know who you are, um, who was <laughs> super, super helpful and loves yeah. on our kids. And yep. we were just so grateful that God brought all of those things together. And it just really felt like when we made that decision mm -hmm. to step out and do it, even though we didn't know what we were going to do, yeah. it just suddenly ordained each step. Yeah. And yeah. for us, um, I think the verse that stood out has been, we talk about it at child dedications in Psalm 127, when <laughs> scripture says that children are a heritage from the Lord and the fruit of the womb mm -hmm. is his reward. 
that scripture was like a reminder where God was saying, okay, I've given these kids to you, but they're my kids yeah. and I'm going to look out for them. I'm going to take care of them. Yeah. And if you're worried or concerned or you mm-hmm. care, I care too. And I, yeah. I got this. Yeah. yeah. And to know that he loves them so much more than we ever could and that he's got them. And mm-hmm. I think the interesting thing about this story that I think everybody else needs to know is that regardless of what your family's dealing with, you may be looking at situations saying, we don't know what to do, but God knows what's coming. He knows how to direct your footsteps. He knows how to connect you with the right people. God's not going to abandon you. No matter what's going on in your family, God will bring hope to you and he'll guide your footsteps. And Ashley, I, I want you to just take a minute and just pray for families out there not just this kind of decision, but other kinds of decisions that families are trying to make. You're not alone. People, even our staff, we go through things just like you go through things. And I'm going to ask Ashley to just lead us in prayer and just ask God to intervene in those situations. Yeah, absolutely. God, I just thank you so much for the precious families that make up our church, Father. And God, I just want to lift up those families, God, specifically that are going through situations and having to make really tough decisions right now, God. I thank you, Father, that you are with them, God, that you are so aware of every single thing that they're going to, God. And I thank you that you are a good God and that you have good plans for the lives of these families, for their children, God. I thank you, Lord, that you are in control. And so, Father, I just pray right now, God, for those families, Lord, they know exactly who they are. I pray that you would pour out your wisdom, God. Your word says that you give wisdom freely. So I pray that you would lead them, you would guide them, God, down the path that you have for their family, Lord Jesus. And I pray, God, that there would just be a supernatural trust that would rise up inside of them, Father. And I pray, God, that your will would be done in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. So we had an opportunity to hear from Zach and Ashley. Now we want to take a couple of minutes and we want to talk with Pastor Nick Smith and his wife, Jessica. Uh, these are precious, special people to us. And uh, this has been an interesting year for them. But before we talk about what they've gone through, I just want you to meet them and know a little bit more about them. Uh, Nick, you too are a, a California native. I am. Yes, yeah, so I grew up in Northern California and also Central California and mostly in Bakersfield, and my family, they are in ministry, and then when I was a child, they uh, decided to switch into foster care and adoption ministry, and so they've been doing that for like 25 plus years, and thousands of kids have gone through that program, so. Yeah, and we've we've met your parents, and your dad is is a great guy. He's got a great, great ministry with those children. Well, thank you. Yeah, so you grew up in ministry as well, but Jessica you're not a California native. God rescued you and got you out of the cold weather. <laughs> yes, he did. And he brought me to California um, when I was 18. Um, but I grew up in Michigan, and my dad was an Assemblies of God pastor. And just I'm a fifth-generation Assemblies of God preacher's kid and always have been. And then I married this guy and so still in a preacher's home. But your mom is an important part of the uh, ministry growing up too. Yes, yes. They did ministry together my whole life. And so I just saw that model my whole life and um, wanted that model for myself as well when I felt myself called into ministry in that way um, when I was 16. So that's great. Yeah. I love it. Another couple both raised in ministers' homes. So yeah. awesome. 
and my fellow Michigander right here. <laughs> I love that. Yes. God, an God rescued Ann out of the cold weather. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's, it's no secret to all of us that this year, especially, so many people are dealing with loss. Yeah. And this is something that has hit close to home for you guys as well and especially you, Jessica. And we were wondering if you would just open your heart and just to share with us a little bit about what you've gone through this year. Yeah. Um, I was a little reluctant because it's been very, um, very recent. And in the last six months, I've lost four people in a little bit less than six months. And at the last funeral that we did, which was for my grandmother, my sister read a scripture, and it says from Second Corinthians 1, The God of all healing counsel, he comes alongside us when we go through hard times. And before you know it, he brings us alongside someone else who is going through hard times so that we can be there for that person just as God was there for us. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I feel like I'm doing today. I'm coming alongside you when you might have gone through a hard time to share with you that I'm there too, and that Jesus is there too with us. So a little bit about all of that is that um, right at the end of the school year last year in May, at the end of May, my grandmother died of pancreatic cancer, my dad's mom. And um, she, 39 days later, my dad died. And that was very sudden and... I got a phone call while I was here at Bridge Kids Camp and that I needed to get on a plane. And so I went and I flew to Missouri where he just so happened to be. And that was a miracle in and of itself. And we got 12 beautiful days with my dad in the hospital and got to say goodbye and all of the things that we wanted to say and do and worship and pray in that hospital room. And after my dad died, 39 days later, my uncle died of COVID. And after my uncle died, school started, and then my other grandmother died just recently in the beginning of November. And so in a little less than six months, we have buried four family members. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> Scripture talks about the fact that when we lose loved ones, we grieve, we mourn. And, and mourning, grieving is a healthy thing yeah. because it brings closure. But Scripture says we grieve, we mourn, but not as those who have no hope. Yeah. Because right. of Jesus, yeah. we have hope. Yeah. Yeah. Someday you're going to see your dad again. Yeah. It's not like you close the book and you forget about it. We right. have yeah. eternal life in Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And we live with that hope. And I know it's emotional for you. I got to meet your dad uh, just, a, what, a year ago? Mm -hmm. yep. A little year and a half ago. What a great guy. And to lose him at such a young age. You know, it was yeah. painful for everybody who knew him, but especially for you. I can yeah. only imagine. But it has to be so rewarding to know that every day Jesus is with you yeah. and you have that hope to yeah. look forward to. And I feel like when I was just catching my breath, just being able to kind of process, then another death would happen. And then another death would happen each time. And 
it was actually on my way to the last grandmother's funeral that I really, I really prayed again for the first time. That was, I would let him pray. I would pray in my head. I would talk to the Lord in my head. I would worship because that's my outlet to the Lord. And I would sing, pray those songs to the Lord. But I said, God, I don't know how to pray anymore because I'm just asking why. And one of my best friends led me to Lamentations. And we never want to read in Lamentations (laughs) ever. (laughs) You know, but... um, And the psalms that are lamenting psalms. And it's really simple. It's, God, I'm here. Okay? Like, I am here. I haven't abandoned you. I haven't abandoned my relationship with you. But I'm here. And here's my complaint. I don't know why you (laughs) took my dad at such a young age. But I trust you. Yeah. And I'm asking you to help me with this. And so if I can do those four things in prayer on a daily basis then I can just say, I'm, I'm continuing my relationship with you, Lord, and I really need you in this really hard space. And he's there, and he hears us. And he'll always be there. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Nick, I know you love your, your father-in-law and, and, Absolutely. and all of her family, and it's been a challenging time for you as well. Yeah. And uh, I want to just take a moment today, and I'm going to ask uh, Nick to, sh- to pray here in just a moment. You know, maybe you've been through a real season of loss as well. It's hard to imagine going through as much loss as Jessica has in just the last few months. But maybe you're in a season of loss and maybe your heart is hurting and maybe you're asking God why. You know, we may not know all the whys right now, but we do know there's a God who has the answers, a God who does not abandon us, and he's going to stay with us. So, Nick, I want to ask you to pray for people out there who are really going through times of loss that God will encourage them in this season. Absolutely. Lord, we thank you for this moment. Lord, we thank you just for your grace, your mercy, the strength that you provide us, Lord, each day. God, for those who have gone through a season of loss and grief, Lord, as they walk through this season of mourning, Lord, I'm reminded of Matthew 5, 4, Lord, where it says, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And that means, God, that you provide that comfort and peace, Lord, the encouragement to be built up, Lord, from you. And God, I pray for those, Lord, who are walking through the season. Maybe it's the, the first Christmas season or, or New Year's season, God, and, and it's just a hard time. But God, I pray that they know that they have hope and joy in you. And God, I pray, Lord, for encouragement from others, from family members, from friends, Lord, for them, their church family, their community, Lord, just to be there and love on people. And Lord, we thank you for the grace and the mercy and strength that you give us for each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow, you know, it's amazing what this family's been through this year. But I just want to give you a positive note here. Uh, Jessica, I want you to take a moment, and in the middle of all this, I want you to tell the church what your mom is doing today. Well, my mom, just three months after my dad died, went back to Italy to pick up the mantle and continue the work that her and my dad started. And when they started, they agreed to be in Italy for 10 years. And we don't know the exact number of the time that they're going to be there, but when he passed, they had been there for seven. And so she is there pastoring the International Church of Rome 
and leading people to Jesus. And just yesterday I called her and she said seven people got saved this last weekend. And she baptized a whole bunch of people last weekend and um, just continuing what they started and what they set out to do and what God's called them to do. And she's just a warrior. She's a rock star. And I'm so proud of her. That's awesome. That's great. We've heard from Zach and Ashley. We've heard from Nick and Jessica, both couples who have grown up in ministers' homes. But now we are going to hear from Corey and Amber. And you guys have such great stories. God has done so much in your lives. And I want you guys to take a moment and have each of you just share with us a little bit about your upbringings because your upbringings have been a little different from the other couples. So would you share with us? Yeah. So uh, I did not grow up in a pastor's home by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I was actually born to a single mom. Uh, My mom had my older brother at... 17 and then had me at 20. And so um, we were born into um, really wild kind of life. And my dad was already out of the picture. My biological father was gone. Um, There's drugs in the house, all of this. Uh, Me and my brother, we were taken from my mom um, when I was born. And uh, so ended up uh, back with my mom after she got clean and everything like that. But uh, yeah, so that was kind of the beginning and the genesis of how you know, my life began and then um, single mom for a really long time until my stepdad came into our lives. And then right around the same time that my stepdad came into our lives, um, my biological father came back into my life. So we went from no dads to two dads, which was just so confusing for, you know, a seven-year-old kid. And then shortly after that, my biological father back out of the picture, didn't find out until later, he spent the remainder of my childhood in prison. So that's kind of a, in a nutshell, what kind of the beginning part of my life was. I didn't get saved until my freshman year in high school. But from there is where really, um, I mean, you could just literally pinpoint the day I got saved, how life just turned around. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. And I grew up actually very similarly to Corey. I didn't grow up in a pastor's home. And um, I, I grew up with my mom and my sister. Um, and so my biological father We lived with him when we were really little, and then things weren't working out. Both of them were on drugs, just kind of living chaos, you know, living in chaos. And um, me and my sister were kind of just wrapped up in all of that. And so my mom ended up leaving him, kind of grew up with just them, and um, never really heard from my father again And uh, because he was in and out of jail, just still living in chaos. Um, And then my mom found my stepdad, um, who she married. And in that time, that's where we started going to church and our lives kind of turned around. My mom got clean. And so our, our lives started to straighten up, but I kind of grew up in a little bit of chaos, but it's, um, it's amazing to look back and just see how God was so in that despite the chaos, he, he was right there. And so I had my moment with God and things began to change and my mom got clean. And that was really when she started going to church and our lives totally took a different direction. And so, yeah. You know, that's so interesting uh, to grow up in that childhood. What, what, without God in your life, w- did you have any hope? Did, what did you think f- the future was going to be like? Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, I was just talking to a friend of mine, um, kind of in the middle of quarantine, and just thinking back to like, man, like right now, 
no matter what's going on, no matter what life looks like, no matter what life might throw at us, we always have this hope, right? Because of Jesus, we always have this hope. And I was literally thinking like, what was our hope as a family? Like Mm -hmm. before Jesus, like, because we didn't go to church. We didn't pray together. We didn't read the Bible. And like, when we knew like, this is how much the bills are, but this is how much money is coming in and they did not match up. Like, what was the hope? And I really don't know. But now it's like, and no matter what life throws at us, we always have that hope. Yeah, and same thing. I think our hope was in my mom was working crazy hours and trying to sustain, you know, us as a family. And we, you know, we were almost taken away. And so I think she was doing her best to just kind of her hope was in I have this job and we're going to just do our best. And she was trying to do her best. And so I think our hope was in things that, you know, can easily be taken. And so really we didn't have hope in when you look back not hope in anything substantial, obviously, because we did not have God. But once we began to go to church and really meet God and have our moments with God, that's when, you know, our life, we, we were able to wake up with that hope, you know, that God is there. And if, if everything else falls away, we have God. And so that's when our lives just completely changed. So, well, you guys got an amazing story and I wish we had time to go through all of it for how you got from there to here. But with the limited time we have, there are probably people watching today who say, well, I have no control over my past. Things, I I fell into situations or this happened, that happened. And because of what's behind me, I don't see any hope going forward. What would each of you say, in in just a sentence or two, what would each of you say to people who feel like, well, I have no hope for my future? What would you say to them? Um, I'd say if God could use us, he could use anyone. Well, let me... I'll say this. If God can use me, <laughs> he can use oh, anyone. Me too. Um, but I mean, yeah, like look at every single person God used throughout the Bible. Yeah. Subtract Jesus. They were all a bunch of misfits and a ton of them messed up. And a ton of them came from absolute like nobody type families. And I remember when I got called into the ministry, I remember meeting a bunch of people who were already in ministry, a bunch of my friends who were headed to ministry. And there was this common thread that most of them came from ministers families and that's why for me hearing that your father owned a gas station like that was so encouraging to me because it's like oh so you don't have to follow in your dad's footsteps like especially when well like my dad those aren't very good footsteps to follow in you know and just to know like man because Jesus came like there is such hope that God can use our life that he has purpose for our life and all we have to do is just follow him and there's always hope for him to use our life and give us purpose Yeah, and I think I would tell you that if you surrender your life to God, it doesn't matter what's happened in the past, whether it's other people's decisions, other people's sin, your sin, just life is crazy. It doesn't matter. Be strong in the Lord, move forward, and and really we've seen God, I've seen God personally use those really cracked, chaotic parts of my life and really turn it around for his glory. And so I would just say surrender to God each day and put your hope in him. And he's going to use all of that stuff for even greater things. I've seen that in my life. Um, I've seen that in my life and I'm so grateful for that, that even though I came from chaos, he turned it into his glory and it's been amazing to just be able to see that. I know that this is like, you know, we're sitting on a couch and we're in people's living rooms and in no way are we trying to like preach a message, but more so have a conversation. But like, the preacher in me is just one thing that like keeps coming to mind is there's such a reason why the rear view mirror is six inches across 
but your windshield is six feet across because what's in front of you is so much more important than what's behind yeah. you. And when you just start taking steps towards God, me and Amber, we met at 17 at church. Mm-hmm. And then she became my wife. Like when you just start putting God first and just take yeah. a step towards him, things just start falling into yeah. place. Yeah. Do. You know, I, I love this story. And uh, today's theme is it's the day after Christmas. It's amazing how things change after Christ comes yeah. into your life. Yeah. And you may be watching this today and you may be thinking, well, I don't really see any hope for my future. If you look to Jesus, there's hope yeah. for every future. Yeah. When Jesus comes into your life, he wipes out all the past. He sets you free from the past, and he rewrites your future. He gives you a hope and a future, something worth living for. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I am so thankful for the hope we have in Jesus. And no matter who you are, no matter what your past has been, no matter what your story is, no matter what situation you are facing, There is hope in Jesus for you. There is not a single person that ever has to live without hope. Because like Amber said, when we surrender our life to him, it changes everything. And from that moment forward, he is walking with us every step, every day, through everything we face. And we can be confident that we can fix our hope in him. You know, we want to pray with you today, regardless of what's going on in your life. If if you feel hopeless, there's hope for you. If you feel like you don't deserve God's help, he's here for you. That's what God's grace is all about. And we have a saying here at the Bridge Church, God has better plans for you than you have for yourself. So I want to lead you in a prayer today. And, And I promise you, if you'll open your heart to God, he will show up and he'll begin to change everything one day at a time. So I want to lead you in this prayer and just wrap your faith around these words. Let these words become your words. Let God begin to work in your life. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you today that you love us so much. You not only sent your son to this world, but you put him on a cross to pay for our sins and our mistakes and, and all the ugliness in our world. And you promised that if we would just look to that cross and put our faith in Jesus... That what he did for us was full payment for all of our sins, that you would give us a brand new start. You would rewrite everything and give us a life worth living for, a life that leads to eternal life. So today we put our faith in you and God, we ask you for your help. We believe that Jesus is the son of God, that you sent him to earth to die for our sins. And we believe he was raised from the dead to give us a brand new life. So today we put our faith in Jesus. We ask you to forgive us of our past and rewrite our futures. And from this moment forward, we will follow you. We will learn your ways. We will walk with you and we will see you give us a hope for every day and for eternity. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you that after Jesus comes, the next day everything is different we thank you in jesus name amen how great the chasm
What a great service. We're so glad that you all could join us today. And you know, before we go, we've got a few important things that we'd love to share with you. Yes, and these are very important things because we know that you might be at home watching and today you made a decision for the very first time to follow Christ. If you made that decision or you rededicated your life to Christ, we want to help you start your journey of faith. We have a free gift, a simple book that we want to give you. It's called The Next Seven Days. And right there on your screen are instructions of how you can get it. We want to put this in your hands yeah. so that you can begin your journey of faith, but not by yourself. We want you to do this in community here with our church family. So we welcome you into God's family and we want to do our best to help you get plugged in. So be a part of this family, be in church, gather with God's people so that you can grow in your faith. And you know, this is also a time in our service where we like to give back to God. And you know, we are such a faithful and generous church and we as pastors, yeah. we're so grateful to get to be a part of this church with you. And we just want to take this moment to say thank you for your generosity and your faithfulness in giving. And right now on the screen are a few different ways that you can give if you'd like to do that today. You know, this is the last Sunday of the year. So this mm -hmm. is the last Sunday that we are able to contribute in our 2021 giving. So maybe you're considering that when it comes to your end of the year finances. And uh, we would just encourage you to do whatever is most convenient for you here as we close out the year. But above all else, we just want to let you know how thankful we are for your continued generosity and support of the ministry here at the Bridge Church. We recognize that we cannot do what we do without you. So again, one last time, thank you for your generosity. Yeah, and one last thing before we go. If you're new to the Bridge, we're so glad that you're here. We can't wait to get to know you better. And if you'd like to hear more about the heart and vision of the Bridge, then we want to invite you to Connecting Point that is happening January 9th during our 11.30 a.m. service. Our Bridge Kids program will be happening, so if you've got kids that you want to check into there before you come, you can do that. And we just want to get to know you better, so come hang out at Connecting Point so you can hear more about the church. We love you so much. Thank you for joining us for the day after Christmas. We hope you have an amazing week, and we will see you next Sunday for the very first Sunday of the new year.